Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Inman, sitting alongside my co-host and good friend, Chris Brito. We thank you all for listening. Chris, we have so much to get to today. We'll discuss the crazy trade deadline deals that transformed the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the New York Knicks have sadly hit another new low. Lastly, All-Star Weekend is upon us. But first, Chris, how are you? What's up, Steve? I'm happy to be here on another new episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm ready to discuss the mega deal that rejuvenated these Cleveland Cavaliers. Let me just say, I didn't think this trade would make such an impact. But when I saw the Cavaliers destroy the Boston Celtics at home for before Paul Pierce's special ceremony, I thought, this is the team that could actually challenge the Warriors. Assuming both teams make the finals. Um, so they've acquired the Kevin, the Cleveland Cavaliers shipped away Iman Shumpert, Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, and in return, they've gotten George, Jordan Clarkson, they've gotten George Hill, and uh, Rodney Hood, obviously. And Larry Nance Jr. And Larry Nance Jr. Let me just say, I think the the, the Cleveland Cavaliers GM, he's... He's a rookie, but he's doing such a great job in in making his impact known on the team and making sure that LeBron at least considers Cleveland in the summer. I mean, to me, Chris, this has to put Cleveland back in the front oh, as a front sure. runner for sure for LeBron to return to the land, as you say, because it looks like they're having fun again. They're having fun. They they're enjoying themselves. The starting lineups added two, possibly three starting players to this team right now. And you know, again, you're right. They didn't really lose a whole lot. Jay Crowder didn't look like he really fit with this team. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talk about Amon Shumpert. He Amon is Shumpert was barely a he was shell of himself. Playing. Yeah, and they got rid of his ten million a year, which is I don't understand how another team was willing to take that on without getting picks back. You know, George Hill is a solid starting point guard. You have you know Rodney Hood, who's an emerging young t- uh, shooting guard in this league. George Hill. No, George Hill is going to be the point. Rodney, right. Hood, Rodney Hood's going to be the starting shooting guard. Right. You know, you have Jordan Clarkson who come off the bench. You have Larry Nance. His dad played in Cleveland. It seems like he's energized right. and rejuvenated to play where his dad played. They're talking about whether he should wear his dad's number. That's a whole thing. But they have a lot of youth. And this team has not had youth around LeBron James in a very long time. I mean, we're coming from a few weeks when, when the Houston Rockets were destroying the Cleveland Cavaliers at home, and people were booing the Cavaliers. This is a team that went to the finals last year. They got Three booed. straight years. For th- right, three straight years, um, and they were getting booed. And now there's an excitement around Cleveland, and I think part of it is like all these young players, like Larry Nance, as you said, he's a, he's a, he's a kid from Cleveland, you know? So I'm, I, I think the Celtics... Um, didn't expect this. I think whatever momentum they had being the top team in the East, I think this kind of like checks things out for them a little bit, you know? Um, Chris, I don't know if they're... Oh, wait, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, do you think if the Celtics knew what the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to do at the deadline, do you think they would have made more of an effort to make a big move? Oh, of course. They should have gotten Tyreek Evans. There's like... What's the point of stockpiling all these picks, all these assets, if you're not going to use them? Who are you waiting for? Just make the trigger. Like, there's no reason why Evans couldn't be a, a, a sixth man for this team. What did they need? Okay, example. What did they need against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday? They needed 
we all they know they probably need another shooter at least. They 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 clearly are good on defense. No one questions their defensive yeah. intensity. But aside from Kyrie Irving, who can really make their own shot consistently? Uh, that that's it for them. I mean, maybe Tatum, and he's a rookie. So right, and you're you're not gonna put that burden on Tatum yet. Like, there's just no reason why you couldn't just get Evans or or. I mean, and, you, and, I know. Lou, quick, I know. Sorry, let me finish. Yeah, I know. Lou Williams was signed, signed the extension before that, but like, even him, like, make an aggressive push. Like, the window is only open for so long. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Real quick on Evans, they held him out in Memphis for at least a week, thinking he was going to be traded. The Celtics offered Marcus Smart or two second round picks. Denver offered. A second round pick and Emmanuel Moutier, who wound up going to the New York Knicks. We'll get to that in a little bit. But if you're Memphis, why wouldn't you just move him for whatever you could get? Why are you holding on to a guy who has no, really, no value to you for the rest of the year? Makes no sense, Steve. Um, it's like we can get on Boston for not making a better offer, but at the same time, Memphis should have just taken what they could have gotten for this guy and moved on and right. started with and younger if, players. And if they would have gotten Marcus Smart. That's also a pretty good get for Memphis. Who's yeah. like, uh, you know, they're trying to rebuild. Looks like they're trying to rebuild I mean, there too. People didn't want Marcus Smart, not because they don't think he's a good defender or they don't think he can become a better player, but because no one really wants to pay him the ten million or so he's going to get per year as a restricted free agent in in the summer. You know, he's going to get at least what Amon Shumpert got, right? right? So right. that's at least four for forty. And he's, a bo- he's a borderline starter. He's not like he's not a game changer on your team. Um, well. Obviously, the deals worked out for the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, but now I'm I'm just wondering the other aspect of this trade, Isaiah Thomas, right? Isaiah Thomas before the trade deadline said, "I want to be here," despite all the noise that was coming from from him and and the players on him, right? They they seemed like they didn't really like each other. Um, he went to the Lakers. What do you make of his time in Cleveland? Well, obviously... And, and, and his future in Los Angeles. Well, with, with Cleveland, it was a total disaster. I mean, you, you mentioned it a couple months ago where you said... Right, basically, when he came back. So, like, let's say, what, what, two months ago? Yeah. You said they should start thinking about him on the bench. They should start thinking about him with the second unit and try to find a, a, a role for him. And I said that was insane because the idea was... Isaiah needs to learn how to play with LeBron because the only way the the Cavs are going to beat the Warriors is with firepower. And they needed as many shooters, as many scores they could get around LeBron at the same time. And evidently, not only could they not play together, but Isaiah Thomas was not the same player he was in Boston. Whether it was a hip injury or, you know what, sometimes guys just have career years. Maybe he just had a career year in Boston. Obviously, I think he's the injuries had a lot to do with this, but maybe he just had a career year. You know, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not an elite player. He was an elite player last year. Maybe he's just not that kind of guy. And they shipped him out. And I, if you asked me, they would have done that two months ago in basically a salary dump as an expiring contract. I would have said you were crazy. I said he was the missing piece for them to have any sort of chance against Golden State. And they shipped him out like he was, you know, nothing. Like he was another Chan Fry. Like oh, we need to make the contracts work. And it's it's a shocker to me. And at the same time, they got better. They, did. they got better. So they it's, got much better. You never know in the NBA, and you you said it on Twitter the other day, has anybody had a worse year than Isaiah Thomas in the NBA? No. 
It's been a disastrous I year. I I feel for him because he was a he was a fierce competitor, obviously in Boston. You know, you just never know how these things work, and like you can't blame the guy. Like, of course, he's gonna always um, bet on himself, right? But man, to play your heart out for a city, to lose your to lose your to, to lose your 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 sister in a in a crash, to getting injured the way he did and playing for the team anyway because he was injured since before the playoffs started last year, to get traded and be traded, to then being traded again to a Lakers who have basically going from a possible finals contention to possibly not seeing the playoffs for a few years. And to me, I don't... And he's hurt his value. I don't think his career is over. Oh, I, no. But, but the thing is, he's... To me, he's starting over, which is what he was in Sacramento, which is he needs to be a, you know, microwave, you know, six-man off the bench, scoring 12, 12 points in eight minutes kind of thing. That's what And he just is. basically establishing a role for himself yet again. And right now, he's going to be the Lakers six-man for a while. You know, Lonzo Ball, who is the starting point guard, is hurt. They've been playing guys like Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram at the point guard position, which both of those guys have played extremely well lately. So I can't blame Luke Walton for not starting Isaiah Thomas. But Isaiah Thomas is going to have to prove that he deserves a big role on a team. And he's a guy who, again, doesn't play much defense, has shown that the hip injury is still a problem. Let me stop you there. He doesn't play any defense. Any defense. So it's he's got to prove that he's he can be an elite scorer off the bench. And what do elite scorers go for? You saw arguably the best six man in the league, Lou Williams, who has been doing this for 10 years, get three years, $24 million. Isaiah Thomas has not been doing this very long. He's almost the same age as Lou Williams without the track record. So he's not going to get that kind of money. And so he was looking at a, what, a $20 million a year deal before this year. Now it looks unlikely he'll match Lou Williams three for 24. Honestly, if honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't really see a, a, a fit for him unless, because basically when you play him on the floor, it's, it's four against five. I mean, I love the guy, but without bounce and without speed, he's a liability. And he he's got to find a way to get that back. Like he's got to, he's got to get healthy in the summer and basically do a showcase for himself, which is what a lot of, you know, injured baseball pitchers do, which is they, they bring a bunch of scouts out and they just throw as hard as they can and be like, hey, look, I'm I'm still the same guy I was two, three years ago. He's going to have to do some kind of agility test, some kind of... See, I think that's where baseball and basketball kind of like are, are very different. Like a guy like, you know, we're Mets fans here, like, like Dickie, right? He played well into, he played up to what, he was 40? He's, he's in his he, early forties now. And yeah, he's he was, gone. and he was throwing a killer split ball, knuckleball, knuckleball. My bad. <laughs> Baseball's not my thing, but anyways, the point is, he always has. He can, he can, he can rely on his arm. Isaiah Thomas relied on his speed, and speed with age obviously drains. It, it's just, it's, it's it, yeah, it, no it doubt, fades away. it fades away. But this wasn't a fade. This was a quick drain. He was like, it was over. As, in a, as in as a blink of an eye, came, yeah. as quickly as, as quickly as he arrived, and it's just a disappointment. And obviously, he was one of the more fun guys in the league last year to root for. You hope he can carve out some kind of niche for himself again, whether with the Lakers or for with another team.
but right now he's one of the bigger disappointments in the NBA this season. Uh, the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season to me is what's going on with the New York Knicks. Oh. What a what a disgrace that's going on right now. Oh my goodness, Chris. You know what? The one thing, the one thing this team had going for them was the unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis, and he goes down with a torn ACL, as if Nick fans, us included, could not have anything else to root for this year. We lose the one good thing we had, and now he's gonna miss a full year. Chris, is this is this rock bottom for the Knicks? Can this really get any worse? Ah. Uh... Steve, I tell you no, but this team continues they, to prove me wrong in that it's aspect. Un, it's unbelievable. Oh, and he, uh, here's the other best part. We're trying now to say, oh, we can we can go down in the standings. We can we can get a top five pick. Every team in front of the Knicks just keeps losing and losing and losing. The Bulls are on a losing streak. The Nets have lost like seven straight. The Grizzlies have lost like seven straight. The Kings have lost seven straight. All these teams are tanking. Every single one of these teams are tanking, and the Knicks, with nothing going right, still can't win games, and they still can't get higher in in the lottery. It's unbelievable. Well, you can't have both, Steve. So I think we can't have anything. We where, can't where, have is, where is anything? Where? Give me. I just want a silver lining here. What can I take out of this year and say? You know what? This was this this helps us. This this was better long term. <laughs> what is there anything out there? Emmanuel Mudiay. Okay. <laughs> You know what? Let, let's talk, let's well, talk about him for a second. Okay. Uh, the what Knicks the Knicks make the trade. They get Emmanuel Mudiay, and to me, I like the deal because they're getting a young player without giving up really anything. He's not on a big contract. They gave up Doug McDermott, who they were not going to re-sign. And it reminds me a little bit what the, the Brooklyn Nets are doing. And I really like what the Nets are doing, which is they're acquiring young assets. They're just acquiring pieces. They're acquiring pieces, and eventually, they're going to use those to swing for a big trade. I'm not saying Emmanuel Moutier is going to be the difference in the Knicks acquiring some kind of big star, star, but to get a guy who they can hopefully turn into something, I I don't see the downside in that. Right, and I think that's what they've been doing with all the all like the guys like Doug McDermott. You build, you play them, build some value. Um, Emmanuel Moutier for me is pretty much what Frank Nielakina is right now. I think maybe. Moutier is a better playmaker, maybe a better, better, better score. Frank obviously has a better shot, which is not saying a lot to be honest with you. But that's how bad that's how bad Emmanuel Moutier is. Anyways, I think I'll be honest with you. I don't really like the trade because it takes away from Frank's minutes. I don't think it should though. They should both be able to play together, yeah. right? They're both they, no, big no, no, They should, too. and they should, and and Hornacek has played them together, and they have played well together, which is the other interesting aspect. But unless you see, unless you're crafting Moutier to be the the point guard of your future, I think at this point, at least after the All Star break, Frank Nielakina should be starting. To me, there's no there's no reason or or do something like both Frank and Moutier starting. Like there's no reason why Jack should be starting right now. Well, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, I bring it up to you. Want to lose? You want to lose with honor? Is that what it is? No, no. That there's no such thing as losing with honor. But that that's nonsense. <laughs> Jer- it's, it's something Jared Swirling told us here on the All Who's podcast, which is he sees Frank as more as more of a two guard, and I, I can I see Moutier playing the point and Frank playing the two after the All Star break for the last thirty games or so. But the bottom line is this: Coach Hornacek wants to win games. 
They have not told him it's time to tank yet. I don't know if they're going to tell him it's well, time to tank. Well, honestly, I think it, it was pretty evident in the game, what, um, Tuesday was it? It was against Washington. Where they blew that where they gigantic 27-point lead. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much saying to me, like, there's really no effort in, in, in trying to win these games. What, I, what think... I'm saying is, Jared Jack, to me, right now, is the Knicks' best point guard. Oh, he is. He's their best point guard. Yeah, and I don't think this is any doubt Jeff Hornacek is trying to save his job. He's going to play the best point guard. And until someone tells him, time to stop playing Jared Jack, he's going to keep doing it because he's trying to get as many wins as he can for his resume when he's eventually probably fired this, this summer. Well, I'll... And, tell, I'll let me... <laughs> if he's trying to win games... Then he's not doing a good job. No, he's not. That's so why then, he's yeah. So then he's I don't not. think that, that logic is. That's why I think that he's log- thinking. Right. Because you know what, what do we do, Steve? If if you're if you're if you're Frank French Frank, you haven't deserved playing time. He has not that not that he shouldn't get it. He I think we think this team is out of it. He's a 19 year old, you know, guard who is a top 10 pick. He should just get minutes. And I agree with that. You agree with that. But the bottom line is. If he doesn't really deserve it, there's really nothing we can say about it. If he doesn't deserve to play over Jared Jack on his last legs in the NBA, then then frankly he shouldn't be playing. You know? Yeah. Maybe he's not a yeah. quality NBA player if he can't beat out Jared Jack right now. And I'm not, not going to say he'll never beat out Jared Jack, but right now Jack is the better guy. And I think I think you're right about that because Frank up to this point has has improved that he could handle being the the guy the alpha handling the ball, um, and to be honest with you, like I don't, I think the Knicks missed in this draft. I mean, we knew this answer a long time we ago. We screamed on the All Hoops podcast here, folks. Dennis Smith Jr. was the guy. Dennis Smith Jr. was the guy, and we'll get to him and, in a minute in a slam dunk competition because he's a crazy athlete in a little bit. But but Chris. Give us up, give us something positive here. We got Porzingis torn ACL. Well, the Knicks are okay, clearly I'll, down. I'll, in Frank. I'll, 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 I'll tell you this, Knicks fans and NBA fans, if, and me and Steve. The Porzingis injury is the worst thing that could have happened in the franchise. So I think, in that sense, it is rock bottom. But look at it this way. <laughs> There's no way but up. Uh, no, um, right now. We're gonna we're probably gonna lose most of these games coming back from the All Star break. We're gonna get a draft pick. Hopefully, we get into the lottery. Doesn't look like we will, but well, we're already we're, in the lottery. The lottery is just for the. I'm what I guess I'm trying to say is the top ten. Like right now, find... right now the Knicks are nine. Right. Oh, they are. Yeah. Oh, my fault. In any case, we'll have this lottery pick, and then next season is gonna be a lot about losing. So I think. Expectations shouldn't shouldn't be any so higher. Much losing, but you know what? I think, despite all this, I think this was going to happen anyway. Next season was also not going to be the season where we're going to make the playoffs either. But like you're already talking about how there's nothing really to look forward to next year. I didn't say that. I think we have to develop who we draft. I think there's hope about who that person could be. I think we need to address the front court. We don't have a front court anymore. We traded all, most of our most of our players. Quinn, I think, is what a free agent. This oh, Quinn's gonna be a free agent. He's got a player option. He's gonna decline. And Kent, Kenter. Kenter's a player option. I think he's gonna accept his. 
but we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a few shows. Um, KP's um, out, obviously, and they traded Hernan Gomez, and that's your front court. This, these last, I'm gonna say last 15 years or so have been very tough on us Knicks fans. I want to say it's, <laughs> there's light at the end of the tunnel, but there isn't. But I'll say this much. The team is headed in the right path. The team, despite all these different bumps in the road, we're figuring it out. Perry has a good head on his shoulders. The people that we need to really think about right now is Chris Esporzingas and hope he has a speedy recovery for himself and hope and he'll find he'll he's the type of player who will find his way. He's shown that he's 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 stubborn and you know hard headed and like that he can be the guy. Um so I'll say Knicks fans, take a breather, enjoy the all star break. Um and you know what? That's what fans are. You know, we root to the very end. Well said, Chris. Well said. Uh, let's do a little more of a cheerful topic. You mentioned the All-Star Game. All-Star Weekend in L.A. this upcoming weekend. A ton of great things. What's the thing you're most looking forward to? Honestly, I like all the All-Star events. I think I like the Celebrity Game, obviously. But I think what I'm looking more for the most is Dunk Contest. Um, I know we were talking about before this. Steve was saying Donovan Mitchell's going to win. I don't know. I mean... Dennis Smith, man, his hops. I think he's. I think he's a player that you have to beat at the dunk contest. And you could tell he's a guy who's looking for a little more national attention. You know, obviously the Dallas Mavericks are awful this year, so he hasn't really gotten a, a lot of uh, national TV games. So this is his chance to shine. But so is it for Donovan Mitchell. And you know, obviously Victor Oladipo is is an All Star this year. He's another guy in there. And and Larry Nance, who is actually going back to L.A. after being traded there last week. So that's going to be very interesting to see too. Uh, to me, it's it's the young player. It's Donovan Mitchell in in the three in the in the rookie sophomore game and in the in the dunk contest. It's Devin Booker in the three point shooting contest. Young stars who are on teams that aren't great right now. Obviously, the Jazz have really turned it around. They've won ten straight. But um, these young players, those guys, Dennis Smith, who are you know. If, it, if the All-Star game wasn't just about wins and losses, then those guys would be All-Stars to me, you know, or borderline All-Stars. And you're going to get a chance to see those guys in the big, on the big stage, and you're going to have to learn some names from some really, really talented 21, 22, 23-year-olds. Yeah, I think um, there would be no shortage of talent there. Well, there, there is no shortage of talent there. Um, yeah, I mean... Even the All Star Game itself, I think they already set up hashtags for all the different players. Yeah, I think that's cool. That's pretty cool. I think the NBA is doing a great job of marketing its All Star All Star Game. They do a tremendous job marketing everything, Chris. That's They're, true. They do a remarkable job. Um. Yeah. So, all right, guys. So I think I think uh, any final thoughts, Steve? Uh, real quick, we mentioned Utah ten straight. You know, one of the one of the teams in the West that are really climbed up the ranks they're now a a team that's on the fringe of the playoff contention donovan mitchell's a huge part of that rudy gobert back i wanted to give them a shout out also denver they're playing really well gary harris is one of the more underrated guys in the nba and nikola Jokic had the fastest triple double in the history of the nba today 
It's amazing. Amazing. So but I think it was 14 minutes. I think it was 14 minutes. He had a triple double at the half, as as Denver won a big game. They they look like a legit playoff team too. So that is another team to watch out for in that loaded Western Conference. Yeah, man, I love Jokic. Um, I think he's he's such a he doesn't get enough love. On, honestly, I think he's so he's such a talented passing big man. You know, um, but yeah. So, all right, guys. So next week we're gonna talk about the second half storylines and a lot of and who we think are the award winners for the first half of the NBA season. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, please subscribe and comment on our Facebook pages and let us know what you think. Um, and that's all. Thanks, guys.